0: now here comes today's powerful word it is your word so grab your bibles pens and notepads as we join apostle frederick from the city of the lord church in lusaka zambia be blessed
1: last week i forgot to crack a joke right you guys never realized it i was that intense so let me just try to see if I have one written. I wrote in advance for the month. So Dabuiso was spending the weekend with his grandmother after a particularly trying week in preschool. His grandmother decided to take him to the park on Saturday morning, and it had been snowing all night, and everything was beautiful. I know we can't relate, right? How many of you have seen snow before, like physically? Jennifer, where? (laughs) Where'd you see it? Finland. You want to do what in Finland? Visit who? Your uncle. (laughs) Okay, who else has seen snow physically? Okay. To Okay, fine. So it was snowing and everything was beautiful. And then... His grandmother commented, doesn't it look like an artist painted this scenery? Did you know God painted this just for you? Yes, replied Dabuiso. God did it, and he did it left-handed. So this confused his grandmother, so she asked him, what makes you say God did this with his left hand? Well, Dabuiso said, we learned at Sunday school last week that Jesus sits on his right hand. It's, it's about to click, it's about to click. <laughs> okay, so now we're talking about being led by the Spirit and I want us to start with John 16 verse 12 Then we're going to read Romans 8 verse 14. John 16 verse 12. You know, being led by the Spirit is such a precious thing. It's not something that we should take lightly. And unfortunately, there are too many people who say the Holy Spirit led them when He didn't. And today I'll show you a few things. One of the, let me just tell you one of the marks or one of the things that will help you in being led by the Spirit. Be. Allow your relationship with the Holy Spirit to have authenticity in the sense that don't credit it with what it's not supposed to be credited for. He doesn't need extra help. Can I explain what I mean? I'll be honest with you. You know that there are some places where um, you find the pastor is even anointed to prophesy. But in a In this, sometimes they enter this bubble where the service is all about everyone being located. So now when the Holy Spirit didn't locate them for you, they start locating through people. Where someone tells them about something and then they come and say, the Holy Spirit said this. Yeah. I was dealing with a situation like that where someone <laughs> told the person who invited into the church some things, and they heard them from the pastor. Now, the challenge is some of the things that they said, deliberately, they added one or two lines, and even the pastor said the lies, so. A few weeks ago, somebody sent me a message on Facebook, saying, I want to talk to you, can I have your number? They said, sure, and I gave them my line, and so they called, but I was quite busy. No, the network was bad, so I said, is it possible if we can talk on WhatsApp and said yes. And so we go on WhatsApp and let's assume their name is Ringlight. And so I sent a message. I said, I, I, I noticed you were not texting, so I, I was proactive. I texted first. I said, hi, Ringlight. And they replied, how did you know my name? Now, I knew the name because of Truecaller. So I replied, Truecaller. And they replied, what is Truecaller? Are you a prophet? (laughs) No, because my WhatsApp handle doesn't have my name. Now they had no idea what Truecaller was. I told them, look, like, it's an app. (laughs) I don't know if you're getting my point. Like, you don't take credit. The Holy Spirit didn't reveal their name. Truecaller revealed their name. Now, if you start taking credit for things and associating them to being spiritual, when you even know that it was not spiritual, then what you're doing is that that becomes your reward, and you rob yourself of an authentic relationship with God. So, I've already gone ahead of myself, actually. But one of the things that's key is authenticity. Don't say the Lord said if you know he probably didn't. I don't know if you're hearing me. And that's why even where you're unsure, be clear. And... Um, I can't avoid talking about prophesying, even though these are two different topics. But when it comes to prophesying, if you're going to give any person a word that has got a potential to alter their destiny in the sense that it can challenge, let's say, things like who they marry. I'm going to tell someone, I just saw in the Spirit, you're going to marry a white man. Fifteen black men come who are very good, but for them all they know is that God wants them to marry a white man and you find that maybe that word was false, and then they realize it later, and it's your fault, because you gave them a word which wasn't true. When it comes to destiny-related words, you should not be afraid of that word being judged. The Bible says, they even say, let say let two false prophets speak, then somebody come to see if they're false or true. No, it says let two or three prophets speak, and let another one judge. Meaning, even Words by true prophets should be judged. So when it comes to destiny-related words, be very careful before you give them. Don't just go tell someone, I see you living in South Africa, if they're not going to live in South Africa. Don't just bubble forth when it comes to destiny-related ones. Destiny-related ones shouldn't bubble forth. They should be from the counsel of God. You can bubble forth if you're encouraging, I don't mind. Even if you miss an encouragement, it will apply one day. Amen. Amen. Okay, John 16, verse 12. This is Jesus after being with the disciples for three years. Now, how many of you have ever been with somebody and the person has talked for three minutes? And they're wondering, is there more? And they still have more to say. And it's only been three minutes. Have you ever been in a lecture? And the lecturer has been talking from minute one. And then afterwards, he says, colleagues, we're running out of time, but I still have more to say. And they're like, you've not stopped talking <laughs> I don't know if you're getting me. I want you to imagine Jesus had been talking for three and a half years and then he goes like I still have many things to say to you <laughs> but you cannot hear them now. You cannot bear them now. However, when he, the spirit of truth has come, he will guide you into all truth. For he will not speak on his own authority but whatever he hears, he will speak and he will tell you of things to come. Uh I'll, I'll put it like this. Not everything about your destiny is written in the Bible. He didn't finish talking. What do I mean? I've never found in the Bible where it was written. So Frederick, when, you turn, when you're 17, turning 18, you're going to start the word empowerment movement. And then when you started, you... I, I, I didn't find that. Maybe in yours it was there there's still a lot that God wants to communicate. And the good thing is that it's not foreign to what is written in the scriptures. However, there's more that God wants to communicate with you, and he does that through his spirit. He does that through the Holy Spirit. So it's important then for you to be led by the spirit because God, Jesus didn't finish talking. So he finishes talking through the Holy Spirit. There's still more he wants to say to you. Tell someone there's still more God wants to say to you. Then let's go to Romans 8, verse 14. But maybe for comparison, let's look at John chapter number 1, and then let's look at verse 12. John chapter 1 and then verse 12. It says, I just want to see the the lingo here. Can I have a few people who want to... um, I always choose from this side, eh? Where should I choose from? I want some people to be an experiment. Who wants to come to the front from this side? I need like eight people four guys, four, four ladies. From this side. Four guys, four ladies. From this side. Yeah, go, go. Four guys, four ladies. Some of you are even pretending to be looking at your notes. (laughs) How many people do we have? Okay, so we need one more lady, one more gentleman. These guys like following each other. (laughs) Okay, lovely, wonderful. No, it's okay, you don't need to be in the projector screen. Be this side. Be this side. Yeah, almost all of them are yummy. Eh? Yeah! Okay. Wonderful. So now, I want you guys to be like, form a circle and start talking. And then, actually, let's, do, let, 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 let's make it, <laughs> let's make it a bit more fun. Can you form a line? A line. A line like this, like facing the side. Move a bit this side, like a bit bit like this. So you're all in the middle, right? So do me a favor. When I say jump, you choose whether to go right or left. It's up to you. Just jump either right or left. Okay? Are you ready? By right or left, I mean, oh, like, do a Yahweh seisha seisha. But you can only jump one side, okay? One, two, three, jump. Okay. Okay. So, it says, but as many as received them, he gave them the right to become children of God, those who believe in his name. So I want you to imagine this is like the whole population, and then of the population, so you guys are eliminated. Of the population, the ones who jumped this side received him. So it means from a whole gathering of the population, these guys are the ones who've got the right to be called children of God. The other ones don't. From a collection, from this huge collection, there are those who decided to receive him. And so for those, they are called children of God. The other people can... Unfortunately you can. Thank you. Thank you. No, 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 you guys remain. Then now from the five, go back, go back in position. Again, when I say jump, you choose its side to jump. <laughs> go to Romans 8 verse 14. Romans 8 verse 14. So the audience of John 1 is the whole world, right? And then that's the sample size, the whole world. And then Romans 8 says, for as many as are led by the Spirit, these are the sons of God. Now in Romans 8, the sample size is now the believers. Okay. One, two, three. I've not yet decided. Okay, okay I've chosen. One, two, three, jump. So, <laughs> you find <laughs> here are all the believers and then she's decided to be led by the Spirit. <laughs> so, what happens is, from a sample size of believers, you'll find not everyone is walking as a son of God. Now, a son, please take your seat Thank you. Now, scripturally, when a son is mentioned, being a son is not something that's light. Because in the scriptures, a child and a son are not the same. Let me give you an example. A child needs rules. A son doesn't need rules. A child needs to be told, when dating, do this. Avoid this. This, this. A son doesn't need to be told that. You know, when you read Galatians 3 and Galatians 4, taskmasters are for children. Taskmasters are for children. Even workforce, I'll use workforce as an example. I don't, even like, if you are to ask department heads, there are certain people they never have to remind about certain things. They've become sons in the department. Others are still children. They need to be given rules and threatened. If you don't do this, we'll do this. Children. Okay? <laughs> when I was a child, the Bible says, "I spoke like a child." So sometimes, from certain speech, we can tell this is a baby Christian. The only challenge is if you keep on like that for some time, it stops being adorable. Okay, it stops being adorable. Now, let me let me just explain. Should in the scriptures, the way it was, or when you look at the Jewish culture, is that. When a son would be of age and he's passed the test of the father, the father will hold a party for him. And then the father will utter the words, this is my son. The moment the father utters the words, this is my son, it means that for all his servants, all his colleagues, all his friends, all his associates, it now means he's saying, if you see him, you've seen me. I do know if somebody's hearing me. It means when the son, when he was a child, the Lamborghini was his, but he wasn't allowed to drive. The servant could say, no, your father said I should take you. It's even it's his car, but he can't drive it. Your father said by 16 you should be asleep. The servant is in charge, but the child has more privilege. But then, when the child becomes a son, he's the one saying, I would like you to do this. I would like you to do this. And it means he can go to an associate. It's like the way, uh, as a company, let's say you've got somebody, you're introducing somebody else on our company. If you write for them in your name, it means they can go there and say, I'm here, I'm representing this and this company and A, B, C, D. Because you've granted them that access, you've granted them that permission. Have you ever maybe been in a situation where somebody is sent in the name of the president or something? I remember at our graduation, um, the minister then, the education minister, higher education, was sent on behalf of the incumbent president at that time. And he said the president is donating 100,000. It was as legit as the president coming and saying I'm donating 100,000 because the person was sent in the name, right? Now, in this case, we're not even talking about the name. We're talking about a son. So, when somebody is a son, it means that what you see from them is as good as seeing it from the Father. And that's why you find that, because many believers have not yet learned to be led by the Spirit of God, they end up being bad representatives of their Father who's in heaven. Some may be questionable representatives, hopefully, some growing representatives but you have to come to a place where, by somebody watching you, it's as good as them watching God. And for that to happen, you have to be led by the spirit. I have to mention this, that it's possible to be, to, let me, let's, let's deal with some of these sentences. So I'll say it with the spiritual jargon that you may think it implies, and I'll explain it. It's possible to live in the spirit, but not walk in the spirit. Can I say that again? It's possible to live in the Spirit and yet not walk in the Spirit. Let me show you now from the Scriptures. Uh, Galatians 5. And I want you to see verse 16. I say then, walk in the Spirit. This was written to Christians, not to worldly people. And you shall not fulfill the lust of the flesh. So meaning... Christians have a flesh. Why many people struggle and they fall easily is because they think their flesh is born again. Let me say it again. Why many people struggle is because they think their flesh is born again. Now, the flesh um, can be, when when it's used in the scriptures, it's symbolized in two realms. There is one where it simply means the human nature. That's why it could be applied to the Lord Jesus, where it says in the days of his flesh. So everyone is flesh, right? In terms of their human nature. And then there's another line where it is used in the sense of the part of your soul and your body that may still be in rebellion to what God wants. That is why, do you know that Do you know that your soul (laughs) is constantly being saved? Somebody say, Glory. (laughs) Glory. Say it one more time. Okay. I'm, I'm giving you a stellar moment. I just want to show you something. In the book of Peter. I can't believe I'm still in my introductory comments. I think we'll enjoy this one. What do you guys think? But I, I just want to explain something to you. So, First Peter chapter number 1. and verse 8 wow verse 8 is amazing we read verse 8 and 9 can it just apply on the screen who would like to read it for us the one who won the moot court yeah come read it who won the moot court thing well you wanted to read as well you read the next one Yes. You're not the one who won it. I can read it. It's not there. I follow. <laughs> okay, you can read first Peter one verse. Tell them your name first, they want to, and which moat court you won
0: uh, my name is Beatrice. I won the Magnum Opus Moot Unilas.
1: Okay, lovely. What year are you in? Second, second. Second, second. second. Okay,
0: good. First Peter 1, verse
1: 8. Uh Aha.
0: Whom having not seen, you love. Hey. Though now you do not see him, yet believing, you rejoice with joy inexpressible and full of glory. Uh Aha. Receiving the end of your faith, the salvation
1: of your souls. So what will be the end of your faith? I I think the challenge here is that I might be getting people thinking that was good Beatrice the other person who stood up to read what's your name sorry Natasha feel free give her a mic you read for us James chapter 1 and verse 21 yeah you can read it
0: James chapter 1 verse 21 Therefore, lay aside all filthiness and overflow of wickedness and receive with meekness the implanted word which is able to save your souls.
1: Which is able to save what? Your souls. Have you noticed that in the journey of a believer, thank you for that, you said Natasha? Okay, wonderful. In the journey of believers, have you observed that there are days... Why you can have a thought and you can tell this is very foreign. This is not the thought I'm supposed to be having. Have you noticed you can have a feeling which you're not supposed to be having? So the human, the flesh is not just the physical body. The flesh also shows the side of the soul which may still be rebelling and you need to subdue. So in subduing your flesh, you don't just subdue your body, you also subdue your soul. And then the more you feed it the Word of God, what does the Word of God do? It saves your soul. For example, if you hear a message on unforgiveness, have you noticed that despite being born again, you might discover weight. Maybe I've not really forgiven. And then that word... If you receive it with meekness. When it says with meekness, it means that you can receive the word with arguments. "Eh, You're busy saying I should forgive. Do you know what they did to me? Now, if you receive it with meekness, that word can save your soul from the unforgiveness and from the bitterness that comes with it. Say, I receive the word. With meekness. Say holy words. Long. Don't give them the lyrics. Hmm. (laughs) Fine, singing. Ancient, ever true. Changing me, I'm changing you. We have come with open hearts. Big finish. Big finish. <laughs> Lovely. <laughs> okay. Um. That's that was very interesting. <laughs> okay let's let's just reach a certain place let's reach a certain place so what I'm saying is I think I was giving you Galatians 5.16 then I say giving an exegesis of it right so Galatians 5.16 let's have it I say walk in the spirit and you will not fulfill the lust of the flesh uh huh For the flesh lusts against the spirit and the spirit against the flesh. And these are contrary to one another so that you do not do not do the things you wish. That means that at every point, whether you are doing the right thing or the wrong thing, you will find yourself doing something that a part of you does not want to do. Until you kill that side. That's where now the dying to the flesh comes in. Whereas the flesh, and you know how the flesh dies? It dies the more you walk in the spirit. Because it doesn't say walk in the spirit and then sometimes unconsciously and unconsciously you will sin, but nevertheless. No, it says walk in the spirit and you will not fulfill the lust of the flesh. Not you might not, not sometimes you won't. So it means for every moment where you're fulfilling the lust of the flesh, you're not walking in the spirit. It's very simple. Let's continue. And then it tells you, let's go, verse, is it 17? Yeah, 18. But if you are led by the Spirit, you are not under the law. Yet again, are you seeing that sons don't even need, do this, do this, do this, do this, do this, do this, do this. And then people may be wondering, how do I know if I'm walking in the flesh? Very simple, verse 19. The works of the flesh. Other versions say they're obvious. It's not something strange. That's why you can tell if you're born again or if you're not. You don't need a long sermon to know if you're born again. The works of the flesh, they're quite obvious. There's adultery, there's fornication. And the reason why the flesh starts, notice in the scriptures, whenever sins are being mentioned, usually adultery and fornication or something sexual in nature is always first. You see that in Colossians 3 as well, where it says, for these things, the wrath of God is coming. Why? Because if you can rebel with your entire body, then you can rebel with anything. Because that's it, it, it's it's talking about a total rebellion, especially for a Christian, because your body is a temple of the Holy Spirit. So it says they're evident adultery, fornication, uncleanness, lewdness. Do foundation class. We, we explained all of them idolatry, sorcery, hatred, con- and sorcery is on the rise. You need to deal with that. Those Jezebel oils and stuff like that. Sorcery, hatred, contentions, jealousies, outbursts of wrath. In a way I snap! Selfish ambitions, dissensions, heresies. Then it says... Envy, murders, drunkenness. This is why people like arguing with me. Apostle, it says drunkenness, then say drinking. Now, the challenge, you know where the challenge comes in? Is that even if you're right, most people who argue with me have been drunk before. How come when you're bordering on the lines, there's a day, <laughs> there will always be that day where you cross the line? Um, nevertheless, I wouldn't advise you to be um we've got enough alcohol in our bodies and some of the foods that we eat (laughs) you really don't want to add (laughs) (laughs) guys there's enough alcohol in your body trust me (laughs) you don't want reminds me of something that happened. You know, one funny thing that happened, how I realized that some of these areas are areas that I just made a decision. The other reason I also don't advise is that it, it's a very expensive life. Um, there was a time I was at Chaminuka Lodge with Pastor Daniel. I think we were spending a the night there. And then we were given, like, you know, having the dinner. and then the person didn't do their job right. They didn't explain what was in the meals. Right, and so one of the the pastry, I don't know what it was, but so I tasted a bit. But Daniel tasted like, oh, is there alcohol in this? I'm like, no, can't be. So we we asked the waiter, like, what's in this? And then I forgotten what he mentioned, but it was like, I, I don't know if there are things like alcoholic pastries. So I immediately was like, oh my god, <laughs> what is happening? I said, Pastor Daniel, catch me. Am I able to walk properly? <laughs> you laughed. Okay, let's continue. Now it says, I tell you beforehand, just as I told you in time past, that those who practice such things will not inherit the kingdom of God. Someone asked in the Ask Fred, can a person lose their salvation? The challenge with that question is, the answer is, can a, if a person asks, can a person lose their salvation, right? The theological challenge is that the answer to that question is no but that doesn't tell the full picture maybe what if you are to ask is it possible for them not to inherit the kingdom that was promised to them Galatians 5 21 you should read it and tell me your own conclusion you should also read Hebrews and tell me what it says about those who insult the blood of Jesus and the like so you can give me your theological conclusion on that so maybe people are asking the wrong question Next verse. Especially people who preach grace a lot. Sometimes, when God has given you a topic to be preaching, you can get so obsessed with it that you stop seeing every other scripture in the Bible. Somehow, you skip Hebrews 10, you go to Hebrews 11. And then, every scripture that seems to be different from that topic you teach becomes no, it was the law, it was, you know, the revelation of be very careful. This was written to Christians. <laughs> Wasn't written to sinners. Verse twenty-two he tells us the fruit of the spirit. Right? Let's go to verse. Let's go to verse twenty-four. Why did I get obsessed with the lesson? Twenty-five. If we live in the spirit, let us also walk in the spirit. Now that means that when you're born again, you automatically live in the spirit. But that doesn't mean you walk in the spirit. Walking in the spirit takes a certain degree of cooperation with him. 30 second discussion with your neighbor. What do you think are some of the ways you can walk in the spirit? Talk. Here's a tip. It's simpler than you think. It's simpler than you think. Giving you... Hold on. I've got another question for you before I go into my next part. And if you want, you can find another neighbor. But here's the question. Um, so, it's possible to be led by the Spirit, right? But is it possible to be led by other things as well? If so, what are the other things? Discuss with your neighbor. I'm coming to get answers from you. Wonderful. Okay. What answers have you guys discussed? What else can lead you? Raise your hand, please. Raise your hand. Guys, anyone, raise your hand. Just tell me what you get. Yes, Pastor Cassandra. Other people's beliefs. Okay, wonderful. Anybody else? Natasha. Okay, just one. So emotions. Yeah, that's true. You can be led by emotions. Emotions can be good or bad. The thing is, you can't trust emotions every day. They have their days. You can't trust emotions every day. Next one. Uh huh. Circumstances. It's like you guys are reading my notes. It's very true. You can be led by circumstances. Zondi guira zindigwire. Kesera sera. Whatever will be, will be. Right? Okay, next one. So, emotions, people's beliefs, circumstances, Esther. The flesh. Okay, that's a good one as well. Rachel. Peer pressure. You guys are reading You guys are reading my notes. What I wrote here is people can be led by emotions, they can be led by circumstances, they can be led by peer pressure, they can be led by demonic influences, can also be led by Satan. Or you can be led by yourself. I wouldn't want that. I want you to investigate some of your decision making. Now, as we go on, you understand that being led by the Spirit does not necessarily mean when you're walking, all the time when you're walking, then you just do my corners like this, and then you always hear a voice saying, ah, you're yeah, not supposed to drive left, drive forward, or this and this. Being led by the Spirit is deeper than that. Let me give you an example of how the Spirit of God leads. For example, he can nudge you towards a certain scripture. Let's say he nudged you towards a scripture on... Let me use a, a personal example. There were times where I needed the Holy Spirit to tell me, oh, that situation, intervene, see if you can help. And then, imagine moments where you don't need to hear the Holy Spirit for you to help out. How proud must he feel? At that moment, you are elevating him from like a second-to-second guide to an eternal teacher. It means he's taught you. There is nothing, if there is something that a teacher or a father loves, is to see someone be able to do on their own what you have trained them to do. So imagine you're training a child, and you're saying, share, good job, and then, One day you see them sharing without you saying share. It means your share has become a permanent voice in their head. So you don't need to hear the Holy Spirit the whole day for you to be led by the Spirit. However, His words can be in you the whole day. Because sometimes people begin to think maybe the Holy Spirit didn't lead me because it's not like the whole day you're hearing. Wake up, put on your jersey. And you know why the challenge comes in sometimes? Sometimes the challenge is when it comes to the Holy Spirit. Um, the the sermon can go any direction, and why I say so is the Bible says He will guide you into all truth. So He's very diverse, and why I love the teaching of the Holy Spirit is that every believer can teach on the Holy Spirit. Principles can be the same, but with different experiences. You'll find someone can tell you how the Holy Spirit told them, not that outfit, that one instead. Then you start feeling like you are not a Christian, because him has never told you, not that outfit, that one instead. But what if that's just the way he relates to them? You don't have to relate with him the same way everybody else does. Is somebody getting me? Because sometimes you can get confused by other people's experiences because the Holy Spirit relates with every person differently. If I have a dream of the color green, it may mean differently to me than somebody else. I've heard someone say, when you're praying, don't touch anything else, right? I remember one time I was praying, and then the Holy- I was praying about a certain topic. I was praying about fatherhood because of something God had told me. And the Holy Spirit said, okay, fine. Uh, Read the book of Proverbs. So I continued praying. I was like, can I tell you to read the book of Proverbs? (laughs) (laughs) You're wasting your time right now. Go read the book of Proverbs. And I realized that you don't have to have a religious brain in relation with him. Have you ever been in deep, so he says, pick up the laptop. I've got a few things I want to share. Because the problem is that we think prayer is one-sided. And then... So you think the stone tablets, Moses was writing where? And in the stone tablets, were those things just, maybe not the stone tablets only, the other things that were written in the law, were they just spiritual? No, there was writings about hygiene. He got stuff about hygiene from the presence of God there was stuff about the education, there was stuff about the economy, there was stuff about all sorts of things from the presence of God. The challenge is that we've, we've limited, we think the presence of God is only about I exhort you, and that's our main aim, and then what will happen is that God will now stretch out his hand from heaven, and then put his hand on our head, boom, then you fall to the ground, and then you wake up, and then he does it again, and that's revival. That's the only thing that you think of as revival. And yet, when we're defining prayer, we're saying it's communication with God, but we only want to do our part which makes us feel nice. <laughs> Praise God. So, you know what, let's continue next week. So you can be, if you're writing down, you can be led by emotions. It's possible to be led by the flesh, the part of you that wants its own way at the expense of God's word. It can, you can be led by circumstances. can be led by peer pressure and all those things so next week i'll begin on the principles of being led by the spirit like the principles that you must follow that will help you to be led by the spirit everyone can be led by the spirit that's not for pastors it's for everyone as a matter of fact i should mention from the onset that there's a difference between hearing god like in terms of fellowship and prophesying some people can hear god very clearly but maybe have not yet worked on prophesying. There are some who can prophesy but can't hear God about their own life. Those are two different topics and they are both important, but the one I'm referring to is where you live a life that's led by the Spirit. Amen. So now, one of the first things that the Holy Spirit does is that He gives you a conviction. He gives you a conviction about whether you are righteous or whether you are not saved. He gives you a conviction. That's why Pastor Cho shared that scripture. Is it in Hebrews 3? Which, today, if you hear his voice, do not harden your heart. So you find somebody, as you're listening to me, you're hearing his voice, and his voice is saying, you need to go to the waterfall. You need to get saved today. It's that resistance, that I can do it by myself, that I'll do it at home, that not me, that actually blocks Um. Further fellowship with him. So without going two-sided about it, if you're sensing a conviction in your heart that you need to give your life to Jesus today, or perhaps you've backslidden, and today is that day you need to come back. I would like you to raise your hand right now. I see that hand. Raise it high, please. Raise, raise up high, raise up high. Perhaps could you do me a favor of standing? If you raise your hand, just stand. Don't be shy, just stand. There was a hand inside, there was a hand inside. Stand, feel free. Don't be shy. Those who've raised their hands, don't be shy, please stand. Lap. Is there anybody else? Anybody else? I'll give you 30 seconds. Thank you. Come to the front, please welcome is there anybody else who would like to join them i'll give you Are there any gentlemen? Sometimes gentlemen have this pride. I'm serious. Sometimes men have this pride when they know they should be there. Give me a second. Are there any men who are being led by the Spirit to be born again today? I'm I'm, I'm, even changing my tone. This generation has to be different. We can't have some of the issues we're having. We're having imbalances in homes because the women are saved and the men are not. Are there any men as well? By the way, you're a walker. Thank you. Any men? Can you look at all the men here and investigate, discern, diagnose, analyze, scrutinize? <laughs> okay, let them lift their hands. Find the Holy Spirit doesn't even teach you how to be romantic. Okay, lift your hands. <laughs> She so bright who told you? Know. Congratulations! Congratulations! That's <laughs> the cities for hype, eh? Okay, raise your hands, please. One more. One more. Ah, I love these. play something can you play something about the Holy Spirit wonderful okay please raise your hands you're welcome I want you to say after me say Lord Jesus I believe you are the son of God Confess you as my Lord. Amen. Now keep your hands lifted. We're going to pray for you to receive the Holy Spirit. I want as many ministers, if they are short, deacons, as possible because we have to end service in the next three minutes, literally. Pray for all of them. Pray for each of them for a minute. They love you know um, yeah, <laughs> congratulations Hold on Hold on uh Gabriel can I have him? Hi. How are you? What's your name? Leonard, It's your first time here. What did you experience? I'm curious. Can I have a mic? I, I really just want to know what you experience. Who invited you here today? You were invited by by someone ponza yes or was it when they made a stand sorry was it the stand they did yes. Yes. ah lovely so are you a first year okay what did you experience wow so the spirit of god is making his presence known. yes i can't wait for us to have more conversation congratulations <laughs> okay now uh ministry team remind me next week i need to design the program in such a way that we give some time for us to pray for people to receive the holy spirit those who've never spoken in tongues or you started speaking but you stopped Mm -hmm. we're sorting that out and it will require some time others will drift to dimensions they'll speak the chinese of heaven or something like that let me just speak a blessing over you In the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, I declare that your week is blessed. I decree and declare that your life is blessed. I pray may you experience the precious fellowship of the Holy Spirit. I pray may you experience the leading of the Spirit. May the Spirit of God birth things in you. May the Spirit of God revive things in you that have been dead. May he make alive what is on the inside in the name of Jesus.
0: Oh wow, what a service. I have been so blessed and I know you have been too. May the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, the love of God and the communion of the Holy Spirit be with you. You can reach the city of the Lord Church on 077-930882. If you are unable to call,
1: you can email us
0: on the city of the Lord Zambia at gmail.com or reach us on Facebook at the City of the Lord Church. Stay blessed.